It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. You know, I got to thinking about this, that because Jeff and I just a moment ago were, you know, handling uh, some business here, I thought, well, wait a minute, I'm prolonging the opening of the microphone to open the show, which means that I'm prolonging the colonel in the plank position, Colonel Craig Flowers, and normally I'm very quick to apologize and say, I'm sorry about that, and I guess I can say that, but I also know this, the colonel's getting ready to go to the Kentucky Derby. So he's gonna he's always in great shape anyway, but I mean, you know, if he held it a few seconds longer, that's okay. Right? Is he gonna have a mint julep while he's there? I dare say. Good morning and what I would, and I don't even like bourbon and I don't even like mint, but I would have one, only because it is the uh You don't like bourbon, Craig? No. Too much burn for me. I'm a scotch drinker, you know that. Yeah. I'm a scotch man. Uh, so and then I know people who would say to borrow your phrase, neither fish nor fowl. You know, they could do either. What about cheap bourbon whiskey and Pearl Snap shirts? that do anything for you? Wow, yeah, sure, sure <laughs> it does. We welcome you on those wonderful notes to light the tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig White. Glad to have you with us. That other voice, of course, that of my co-host, the pride of Northwest Williamson County, where it was a little bit stormy last night. I sent a radar photo Tim showing that it was big, big thunderstorm cloud, clouds over his hometown where he was a proud graduate of Florence High School, and yet it was moving across toward his other, the other town he mentions more often than any other out of Williamson County is Gerald, Texas. But you know him best for his He's outstanding making a beeline. Uh, you know him best for his outstanding work at Horns 24-7. That's Jeff Howe. You doing all right? Did you check with anybody in uh, Florence, make sure they were okay? No, if my people are in trouble, I usually hear about it. I got you. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. It's a resilient, resilient bunch up there. That it is. That it is. Speaking of Florence, I one of my one of the people I graduated high school with mm-hmm. shared a memory, and I don't know how I missed this, but from it was from 2019. It was our second grade yearbook, so I got to see my second grade yearbook photo this morning on really? Facebook. Really? Yeah. Rocking my what, MC Hammer shirt. What does 2019 have to do with it? It was a memory. It was so somebody posted oh. it in 2019. It was a memory. It popped up, so they reshared it and uh, got to see that. I'll, I'll I'll let you take a look at that during the break. Oh, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. What, what we got going on with the TV here? We're well, it's draft day. Got so mass, I was, mass confusion going on. I, I, I was flipping it away from the channel where you have very loud, angry people shouting at me from. Uh, uh, from uh, one show to uh, just going to draft coverage there, okay. because today is draft day. Uh, I'm I'm wearing uh, the uh, hoodie of my team, the team that does not own a first round pick in this year's National Football League draft. That would be the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, 
uh, Ty Henderson, the producer of the morning show, was wearing a T.O. jersey. Yeah, I need to talk going, to him about that. He was going Terrell Owens. T.O. Cowboys. At least it wasn't T.O.'s 49ers no, like, look, or Eagles. Look, there's just things we'll choose to forget that happened in the history of that franchise. And Terrell Owens being a part of that franchise is it's one of them. It's funny you bring that up. And, and first, we introduce to you our producer. Cameron Parker, and, and I'm, I'm trying to remember your favorite NFL team. Is it the Cowboys? It is. Okay. All right. Now, you, you were you were rocking the Tyler Sagan jersey a couple of days ago, but I don't see a Cowboy jersey on you today. So, I think, let's see, I had a Roy Williams, the safety jersey that... Evil Roy Williams. Yes, yeah. who I wore before I knew he was an Oklahoma graduate because I was only four or five years old. I had a Troy Aikman jersey that I gave to my dad and... Have not bought a jersey since. I've thought about buying a Zeke jersey. Too late for that. So yeah, uh, yeah. if Bijan gets drafted by Dallas, maybe I'll do that. But uh, don't have a lot of cowboy gears. Those odds are looking quite long right now, sir. Very long. You've but. just given me an idea, and I'm going to go to the I'm 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 going to go to our uh, Specs text line and leave it to our always contributing group uh, of listeners. Do you own a jersey of a player? who either no longer is with that team or you don't want to wear it anymore for any number of reasons. Yeah, I was going to say, does it count if you don't wear them anymore? Yeah. Because I've got some jerseys from when I was a kid that I still have that managed to survive my wife throwing away most of my jerseys. When you say a kid, how how kid? I'm talking like grade school. Okay, that... I, I I I can give you the pass. Like on I've got that. a Michael Jordan jersey from grade school. Yeah. I've got an Emmett Smith jersey from grade school. No, I, I, I'm talking about it basically as a like a teenager into your adult. Okay, I've, years. I've got a couple of those. Do you a couple? I've got a LeBron James from his first tenure with the Cavs. Okay. Uh, a Michael Jordan Wizards jersey. Wow. I think huh. that might be. No, I do have a Texas uh, when Nike started making the throwback jerseys. Yeah. I got an Earl Campbell jersey. I have a U Darvish Texas Rangers All Star jersey. That's cool. How about that? Okay, so yeah, that's that's I think what that's it. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. You know, I, you know how I why one reason why I keep that Jordan Wizards jersey. Yeah. Uh, my favorite memory wearing, and it kind of sums up Michael Jordan's last two years with the Wizards. Although his numbers were not that bad, if you go and look at them. I wore that on campus at CTC my first semester there when I was going to community college. When he was going to the branch campus of Texas A&M. Harvard on the Hill. No, it was not the A&M branch campus yet. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. He was an Aggie adjunct. No, I was not Aggie adjacent at that point in my life. Anyway, (laughs) I'm walking to class, walking through the quad, and a bird took a big crap on my shoulder. Really? So I was wearing a T-shirt underneath. I was just like, well, I just ran out and kind of washed that off, took it and put left in the car, and then just went to class with the just a plain white undershirt. Apropos of almost nothing, except it it jogged my memory, the other day at UFC Dish Falk Field, uh, when the Longhorns were wrapping up batting practice, Keith Moreland and Greg Swindell, two absolute Longhorn icons and legends who worked the telecast on LHN, and Roger Wallace and I were hanging around the dugout. <laughs> Went to know which one of y'all got crapped on. Zeke. Oh. And it was a glancing blow, and it didn't hit much, and he's like, eh, and somebody, and he said, somebody tell him, that's that apparently is supposed to be good luck. When that happened, he's like, I don't know what good luck, it just crapped on me, you know, I'm not going to do that, so. I've been crapped on by a bird multiple times. Okay. Seems Whereas, like, my wife is like, I've never been, I, I, a bunch of my friends are like, I've never been crapped on, I've never been crapped on. Well, it's happened to me multiple times. Multiple times. I don't know, just bad timing, I guess. So, so there's the question for you. If you've, if you've got a, it, if you got a jersey 
um, that you, you know you you don't wear it anymore. Uh, here's somebody who said, "Oh, I love this." Jeff says, "Jeff Mudd says it's a little snug since I got it in 1980 when I was 12 years old, but I still have my signed Brian Sipe jersey. That's badass, Brian Sipe. Who and Ran I know 88. I know I know Jeff Mudd will remember this. 1980, the season he remembers, the Cleveland Browns had a, had had an outstanding year. They overcome the Steelers and seemed prime to get to their first Super Bowl. They were at home in a divisional playoff game and uh, would have been in a prime position to meet the San Diego Chargers in the AFC Championship. And they're down 14-12 to the Raiders in the waning moments of the game, and they're playing at the mistake by the lake on a frozen field in Cleveland, and he's driving them toward the end zone when all they need to do is set it up right in the middle of the field for a Don Cockerall field goal to end it, and he throws an interception in the end zone, Mike Davis of the Raiders. Red right 88. That was the play call. Yeah. And they pick it off. Raiders then go on as the wild card to win in San Diego to beat the Chargers. Then they go on to Super Bowl 15 and they beat the Raiders. First wild card team to win a Super Bowl. The Super Bowl that I've worked selling shirts at, at, at uh, Super Bowl 15, but I'm sure he'll un, unfondly remember that. So that's kind of what we're looking for. Do you have a, do you have a jersey? CB says I only own two jerseys ever. My uh, In 2021, my sister got me a black Texas Vince Young jersey. And the jersey Chris Boyd sent me in December. Very nice. A Chris Boyd uh, Vikings jersey there. Uh, yeah, I've got several autographed jerseys that I need to get framed and up on the wall in my office. Yeah, it's one of my it's one of my off season projects. Uh, the Bernard Jetty says, "Don't buy draft day jerseys." I bought a Mod Carroll cornerback for the Packers. He was gone after two seasons. Former Razorback stripped the name page off and had a shot for <laughs> one of my nicknames on that. See, now there's good repurposing of a jersey. Uh, uh, Buhika says, I've got a used Aaron Rodgers jersey for sale. That's kind of what I'm talking about because I have a Kurt Warner Rams jersey. And it, and, it, and it wasn't one of the replica things that you might get at, you know, one of the st- big box stores or even a, a replica. It was a full-on type with the stitching sewn in 300-something dollar. It was right after they won the Super Bowl. One of my favorite jerseys from when I was a kid was stolen from me. I remember that in the third grade. My Shaquille O'Neal Orlando Magic jersey oh, yeah. was stolen from me. Yeah, it had the, the black with the pinstripes. Yeah. So, it, so yeah, I the, the Kurt Warner jersey, uh, I think I've only bought two jerseys in my life. That was one of them. And another one was when I was in college, I got a Texas Rangers road Jersey, the powder blue with Texas. In oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the with the lowercase letters, a block print capital T, but the lowercase E X A S on the front. See, yesterday Cameron wars. Uh, we got multiple texts. They're like, grown men shouldn't wear jerseys. I get that, and we, I, I've talked about this before. Cameron, yesterday though, was it yesterday you wore the Tyler Sagan? Hockey sweater, or the day before? The day before, yes. That's the that is the socially acceptable jersey yeah. I think to wear. If you wear the hockey sweater, regardless of whether it's just plain or it's got a name on it or whatever, you can get away with wearing the hockey sweater. Yeah, don't do what I did back in 1980 and get that Texas Rangers jersey. And I got it from Brad Sham's Big League Threads ever before, even before I ever met Brad Sham, let alone work for him, have him be my boss for seven. Brad Sham had a store. His name was on the store. Oh, okay, gotcha. It was an apparel store called Brad Sham's Big League Threads. It was pretty successful for a while. And in fact, when I was working at the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 15, 
my buddy Alex and I did it, we got to know the guy who ran the store there, and he outfitted us with some Eagles and Raiders gear, jerseys and shirts to sell down there along with the other stuff we were selling and sold out of it, especially the the Eagles stuff. The Eagles fans bought up everything. But I didn't even know Brad. I had not even met Brad back then. I was in college. Uh, but but what I did was when I bought that jersey, the Ranger jersey, and it was it was kind of, I don't know if it was cool to do it, but it was certainly acceptable to do it back in the day. I picked a number that a player did not have, and I put my name on the back. Yeah, see, that's one I have a problem with. Oh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> now, back then, it was like, oh, okay. You didn't know any better. I, had not, I put it on there, and I... And, and I never, never did that uh, again. So anybody there, else pull the bit I did where you try to go to the NFL shop when the news when that news happened and try to get an Atlanta Falcons Ron Mexico try to jersey? get that Ron Mexico? I'm sure many yeah. did. I'm sure many. I'm sure. Cameron, many. you I've caught you up on the Ron Mexico yes, stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so that's my question here on draft day. Do you own? Doesn't have to be an NFL jersey, just a a, a jersey. Uh, and somebody says, I have a superstition with jerseys. If you buy one with a name on it, they always seem to get traded or leave for some reason. Well, it happened. It 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 happened uh, to uh, Kurt Warner. I, I, I got some pretty good use out of that jersey because I got it right after they won Super Bowl 34 when they just switched colors to the metallic gold. Ugh. Somebody said they're shocked I'm not wearing uh not wearing my Kevin Garnett jersey. Today. There you go. <laughs> go back and listen to the podcast earlier think, in the week. If I don't think I ever owned a Kevin Garnett jersey. That's one of those deals. Do you really have to think about that? Yeah, well, because there were times where, especially me and my buddy Sam Hobbs did this, like every, we would get jerseys and you'd swap, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. So, ooh, like, hey, let me borrow your Charles Woodson. Right. Like, well, let me borrow your, you know, Eddie George or whatever. Uh-huh. Um. So, so yeah, there's there's that. I had I had a Warner jersey, and I got two good years out of it before he ultimately left the Rams and went to the Giants and then to the Cardinals and all that sort of stuff. And it's it's hanging in my closet. I'll tell you what else, I'll tell you what I did have, and I bought it. I bought this from Brad Jams Big League. Too. I have a Lakers satin starter jacket. From the Showtime Lakers, the satin. Wow, the yellow, the bright yeah, gold yeah, yeah. satin. I have one of those from from uh, I think it's 1981. I have I have a, I still have that hanging in the. Closet. My little brother was big on the uh, the warm ups, like the yeah. basketball. Yeah, warm-ups. yeah, yeah. And that was his, that was his Christmas present one year. He got like the North Carolina like the 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 long sleeve snap shirt with the snap pants. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was big into that. So we've got that open to you on the specs text line at three three seven three seven seven six. Somebody asked me, man, this text I just saw better not be legit. I'm oh, about Jerry to, Springer. I'm going. Yeah. Did he yeah, pass he's, away? He's passed away. Oh no. It's, it's man. not breaking news, despite what the uh, the texter said. It. Yeah. It's shuffled off this mortal coil. Yeah. He has. Uh, He's passed away. Um, uh, somebody asked me. Uh, that happened uh, on my drive-in. Dang it, man. That's sad. Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, someone asked, uh, uh, how is Brad Sham doing? He's fine. In fact, I was just texting with him and Chuck Cooperstein, and the other guy I worked with was Brian Briscoe. We have this little group text, and every now and then there's something from our days of working together in the late 80s to early 90s uh, that comes up, and on draft day, it's our tradition every year, and I'm going to tell that story again coming up. I'll tell the story, the the draft day story uh, in uh, from the 1986 NFL draft. I'll I'll tell that story coming up. But he's doing he's doing quite well. Thank you very much. Um, so, speaking of jerseys, 
Bijan's getting one tonight with the number one on it from some lucky franchise. Yeah, yeah, they'll be a number one. Uh, it, here's a here's a good uh, tip from Juan, who says, my trick to make sure this never happens is I don't buy a jersey from a player on my team until they sign their second contract. I'm a Saints fan, so I have to be cautious when I do buy one. That's a good point. The the only other jersey, and Craig, you've got one, and this yours is acceptable. Like. Cam with the hockey sweater, like you can get it. It can be a Tyler Sagan sweater or a Plain Star sweater. Doesn't matter. I think that that works. But you've got the Dodgers jersey just mm-hmm. with the Dodgers script across the front. All it and nothing says on the is, back. All it says is I've got. I have a true, actual road jersey that's gray, and it just says Los Angeles. Yeah. No number. No player. That's it. That's just to show support for the team. I also have. A batting practice jersey, one of the blue ones that they have that I wear. Occasionally. I don't think you had a white one. I don't. A, you don't. I don't. I don't okay. have. I do not have a white Dodger. Well, some, uh, no. Well, that was somebody put one of those on the other place when we had the big Craigway cutout. Somebody yes. put a white Dodgers jersey. It was a Jackie Robinson jersey, which okay. our, our good friend, uh, who's no longer with us, Ron, the Vietnam vet, uh, we used to say he was the one of our best callers of all time because he was the best combination of Vietnam War vet and postal worker. Uh, oh. Yeah. But Jeez. he was great. He would call the show and go, "Hey guys," and 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 Shoning and I would always go, "Hey Ron," and then and then we would talk. He's great dude, great guy. Uh, and he uh, he gave it to me. He gave me a Jackie Robinson uh, jersey, and that's what they put on the the cutout for a you, while. You can do the button down or just the batting practice jersey. Right. Either one, either one works. I have a my batting practice jersey is a button down. Is it okay? Yeah. Either one works. Yeah. Like just no name, no number. Nothing. I have just no name, no number on those, and I wear those proudly when I do decide to wear a jersey. I don't wear jerseys often, but when I do, those are the two. There, there's that something. I wear. There's something about that to me is just kind of classy about the you know that when you have a big major league free agent signing yeah and he'll do the press conference and then right at the end he'll put the new hat on yep, and yeah take the coat off and he just got the shirt and tie and then throws the baseball jersey over it yep yeah there's something classy about that to me the jeff co- is the the texas baseball jerseys that were just released last year that you can wear with no numbers on the back are those socially acceptable to yes. wear yeah ba- okay. baseball is fine yeah the one that see. the one that bob cole talks about that he got at sue yes. patrick oh so good it's got the uh it's not the screen doll stuff it's got the uh the the, the sewn in letter oh, it's guy made with that uh dry fit poly uh whatever it is stuff uh you know it's great yeah that's the ones you're talking about yeah Let's see. We uh, need to have that Bob Cole getting tased sound. We need to have that at the ready. <laughs> yeah. So, That's but Bob is right. Bob, it, it, you know, I, 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 I good naturedly <laughs> make fun of Bob on that deal. But he is right. It's a great jersey available at Sue Patrick. No, base, Sue baseball's Patrick. fine. So you can't do that with football or basketball. Ah, yes. yeah, there's Bob. There's Bob. There's Bob. Thank you. Bob. I like how you hear the taser go off too. Do hit it yeah, again, Cam. Yeah, hit it again. <laughs> You're just like Rob Riggle in, in The Hangover where they get such a kick out of, out of tasing Zach Galifianakis. In the first. In the first. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, you're right. But it is. it is. That's a good jersey. That is a good jersey. Um, so, so, uh, so uh, anyway, uh, so I said, I, 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 oh, you got to love this. I have a Tweeter Varsity Blues jersey. At 43 years old, I still wear it from time to time. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> somebody said it is breaking news within the last hour, right? Maybe I'm late. Saw it on TMZ. They broke it. I I, I heard it uh, a couple hours ago, but that's why I said nah, nah. But it is. I mean, it's still within the news cycle. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Jerry Springer no long no longer with us. Here's somebody said, oh, see now this is the cool jacket, the old school Cowboys jacket, and uh, 
My best friend, uh, Alex, uh, who is a lifelong Cowboy fan, grew up in Irving, has one just like that. It's got Dallas in the block print capital lettering and Cowboys in script underneath. They used to wear those jerseys on the sidelines. I so, love, yeah, uh, that's a good one. I love this text. My buddy had a Ray Carruth jersey from the Panthers. <clears throat> Needless to say, he quit wearing that, but it's still hanging in his closet. <sighs> my my dad has one of the old starter Chicago Bulls windbreaker jackets, one of the puff jackets. Yeah, mine was uh, kind of the puff jacket, the Lakers Showtime one there. Uh, there it is. There's a Ron Mexico jersey. Yeah. And Joe number two says he's quoting Bob Cole again. The jersey that Nike swoosh on it. Yes. Uh, it's Bob got says on that. swoosh. It has the swoosh on it. You know, yeah. So, yeah, that's it. So I can fill in for him on the next commercial. Uh, in 33 states, it's unlawful for a grown man to wear a jersey without also wearing Crocs. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, I work with Rob at the post office. Off Manchac, or someone say, call it Manchaca, the uh, original um, heritage name. He sounds like a surfer guy, tall guy with long hair. It's cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there you go. So, anyway, uh, Houston Gambler's jersey with Jim Kelly. There, There's one of those. Uh, and he so said, do you ever think that Jerry Jones says Victor will do any last-minute shenanigans to trade up? We're going to talk a little bit about the draft. Certainly it is draft day. <laughs> And Bebop says, I got one of the authentic Zeke jerseys after his rookie season. Got some good years of use out of it. Even when his production went down, he still got the short yardage TDs and proved to be a good mascot, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I'm thinking my sons went through, have had the whole jersey phase. Um, uh, Andy had a Charles Barkley Rockets jersey when he was real little. So the one with the pinstripes. Mm-hmm. I had a Steve Francis one. Like there you that. go, Stevie Francis. How about that? Uh, uh, Andy, because he worked at an apparel store in Lakeline Mall as a teenager and all that, he has uh, a Washington Nationals jersey when they first moved from Montreal. A road jersey in Washington. He is a Tigers home jersey because he was a big Tigers fan. He's now more a Royals fan since he worked for the organization. Mm-hmm. Now, now this falls in that category. He has a Mike Moustakas Royals jersey. Yes, he can't wear that. Moose is on, what, his second team since then? He was, uh, wasn't he with the Padres, and now he's, is it with the Cubs that Moose is with now? Uh, I'll, I'll double check. I don't know. Any, anyway. Um, so, I'm not a P1 of Mike Moustakis. Okay. So. All right. So he, so he had that. His whereabouts. Uh, Jason Way, smart young man that he is, his his team is the Red Sox, but he has the Red Sox jersey with no name and no number on it, the home jersey. I told him he should get one that's in Boston, you know, like the one that the one that Poppy was wearing on the Boston Marathon thing. This is our bleeping city. You know that one. You should wear gotta that. have jorts when wearing a jersey. That's not a bad, not a bad combo. That's either. a that's a pretty good combo there. So yeah. So uh, and somebody said I bought a Hopkins and a Watt jerseys, and then boom, traded. I think my favorite one I had. I had, a, I had several favorite ones. Uh, I had a Javon Curse Titans, but it was a red jersey. I like the dark blue shoulders, but the chest was red. Yeah, I like that Javon Curse. Yeah, jersey. Jamal Anderson had a Jamal Anderson jersey. Keyshawn Johnson Bucks jersey. Uh, you said you had an Orlando Magic jersey, mm-hmm. Shaq? Shaq? Somebody said Orlando Magic jerseys were badass. Mine was also stolen third grade from a pool by a guy who could definitely not fit in it. Yeah, man. There's somebody with a Yao Ming jersey. That's what we're talking about. So anyway, yeah, let us know. It, the jerseys that you had that 
really kind of no longer apply. Jeff Mudd says Moose is with the Rockies now. There yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. There's a, you know what? I need to text one of my buddies who's a big Royals fan. There's a, I want to say there's a Tommy Lasorda, Mike Moustakas story that's really, really funny. Yeah. Man, Let me see if I can track you that talk down about break. ships passing in the night. I mean, that's late in life for Tommy, let alone, you know, beyond his managing days. But I'd, I'd be interested to hear that. All right. Uh, coming up, <laughs> we we'll have our uh, Longhorn Notebook. Um, we're going to hear from Sark. Uh, from, yeah, thank from, you. Big shout out to Cam for this. <coughs> Cameron Parker. Very big part of today's presentation. Yeah, cutting this audio. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're gonna we're gonna hear from Sark uh, from that deal he did yesterday, Houston Touchdown Club thing. Uh, there, we'll talk plenty of draft. Too. By yep. the way, the, so the audio we'll hear is going to be the press conference before right. he addressed the the crowd there exactly. at the uh, Bayou okay. City Event Center. In okay, Houston. so we'll have that uh, coming up. We do have inconceivable, uh, and and I'll tell that that uh, Brad Sham draft story. Uh, again, because it's it's worth telling every year. I may have a Mike Mus- then again, I may have that Mike Mustakis Tommy Lasorda story if I can get it run down. All right, uh, we'll continue with Light the Tower on the Horn 1049 AM twelve sixty. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the Tower. One of my favorite, I don't think it's my, my all-time favorite, but it's one of my favorite NFL films, music, composition from the great Sam Spence. It's called The Pony Soldiers. You can just see teams starting a drive on their own 11-yard line. Hmm, 49ers Bengals, Super Bowl 23, and driving 89 yards. And, and they start off by... You know, getting a couple of runs, and then they start mixing it with some screen passes and moving it down the field. And you see the officials, first down. Then they might get pushed back because of a loss or a sack. And they come back with a screen pass to the left side. It picks up eight yards. Now on third down and nine, back to throw, looking, scrambling. And then Super Bowl 23 rolled back around and found a wide open target across the middle. Boom. So, yeah. Today is such a day for those things with the National Football League draft. And our question to you was, you know, do you own a jersey? It doesn't have to be an NFL jersey, but a jersey. Because there'll be jerseys handed out tonight with those big number ones. Absolutely. They all have the number ones and... The hug will come from the commissioner, Roger Goodell. Although I do like the thought that Bijan Robinson might have the idea handed him by Dan Patrick, who said, Why don't you just, instead of hugging him, why don't you hand him a jar of Bijan Mustardson? And he said, and he started laughing, and Bijan said, That's not a bad idea. He said, Don't be surprised if that happens or something. Bijan's got that. a lot of mileage out of that mustard bit. Yeah. And there he was at Canes Good for in him. Kansas City working the drive-thru yesterday. That was pretty cool uh, as well. So we said, but you know, what jersey do you own or had owned from, you know, a, a player that, uh, you know, it doesn't really make much sense to wear it now, meaning they left through free agency or got cut or just traded 
or whatever, as opposed to somebody like somebody said they had a Roger Stallback jersey. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Roger, arguably, depending on who you're arguing with or discussing, the greatest Dallas Cowboy of all time, certainly one of the greatest of all time, came in as a Cowboy Emmett and retired Smith? as a Cowboy. Emmett Smith? Well, Emmett Smith was a Arizona Cardinal. I love Emmett, but I kid, I kid. I kid. Already, already said it's Roger Staubach or Bob Lindley who's the greatest Cowboy ever. If you got a chance to get an Emmett Smith Arizona Cardinals jersey. Hell no. Or a Tony Dorsett God no. Denver Broncos jersey. Or a Franco Harris Seattle Seahawks jersey. Or a Johnny Unitas San Diego a Chargers Jerry Rice Broncos jersey. jersey. Yeah, yeah, blah, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. No. Yeah. God no. Not, not happening? Okay. All right. Or a Terrell Owens Cowboys jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of what started this whole deal. Yeah, it does, because Ty Anderson, the morning producer. Yeah. Somebody said, I have a VY number 10 Titans jersey that's collecting dust. Understand that. Two Eric Metcalf Send it Browns to Jeff jerseys. Fisher. As a matter of fact, Longhorn fans, take your VY Titans jerseys, coordinate it, so mm-hmm. we're like Jeff Fisher gets a couple of those deliveries every week. Yeah. I just uh, want to see Jeff Fisher's face when he opens the mail and it's a VY jersey. Here's somebody said, I still have a Derek Jeter pinstripe Yankee jersey that my ex-girlfriend bought me that I can't wear because my wife knows where I got it from. It just stays in the closet. Cameron, did you ever see that episode of South Park where uh, Mr. Mackey's reading the suggestion box and it's all the same insult that he's reading off? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I picture the scenario where uh, Jeff Fisher gets the VY jersey package. Just yeah. like Ted Lasso, the, like the first, second episode, where he opens the suggestion box from the teammates, and it's just all, you know, quiet. Resign. Well, it's I don't know if I can say it on the air because I don't know if it's a yeah, crossword yeah. or not, but yeah. it starts with a W. You know yeah, what it yeah, means. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. yeah, but yeah. You know, one of those bitch, yeah. So Texas fans, coordinate and give Jeff Fisher something to look forward to when he opens his mail. Yeah. Three to two to three times a week. And so he said, Des Bryant and Zeke Elliott still in the closet. Don't wear them often. Uh, and again, here's the old thing. Grown men shouldn't wear football jerseys. It depends on the jersey. If you're supporting the team, I get it, or a Hall of Fame player, I think we're we're in agreement on this. Golf lingo, Austin Ice Bats is my last there my latest go. jersey purchase. See, now there you go. Austin Ice Bats. That's, that's the last time the Ice Bats were around. It's, been, it's been a minute. Oh, yeah. it's Well, it was long before it was before the Texas Stars yeah. came to being. I mean, probably what, Craig, like, 15 years ago, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Purple Buffalo's daddy says men should never wear jerseys, visor, or Crocs in public. Men should also not procreate with animals either or oh, attempt to, but that right. doesn't seem to really pass muster in Gerald. They just do what they want. Now, now, come on, Purple Buffalo's daddy. You would you would wear a Gerald Cougars jersey if given. I wish I had two Gerald Cougars jerseys. Don't, don't even tell me what you do with them because I know what you would say with one of them. It has to do with wiping, I know, so don't even no, say. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. No. Just wish I had one to go to the bathroom on and then another See? one to cover it up See? with. See? I told you. All right. Uh, my first jersey, somebody says a 1989 Gino Toretta Miami Hurricanes jersey. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Still on my Team USA David Robinson jersey for 96. Had it since fifth grade. Nothing wrong with that one. That's for sure. I wanted a Vince Young Green Bay Packer jersey, but he didn't stay long enough. That's true. He was there. Yeah, VY got a cup of coffee in Green Bay. Hey, by the way, do you, Craig, do you take comfort in the fact that Mac Brown might actually be listening to the show since he's been a he's a, a little busy right been now. A part of our programming today, he was on with Bucky and Aaron. You can go to the podcast page to listen. That was a good conversation with Mac. Uh, I didn't he, say that in jest yesterday. I figured Mac, if he's in town, he might be listening. Well, they got the golf tournament going on now. He so might he might have it on. Today. We don't know that. <laughs> okay. We don't wait. We don't know that he doesn't. Now about here's, that. Now, here's somebody who says, if they get traded, I need to buy a Dak jersey. <laughs> here's somebody wanting to know where they can get a Gerald football jersey. 
Uh, my two jerseys lasted for years. Didn't end well. Find Far the closest landfill in Gerald and just start digging. It's probably what's where it should be. How about a Quentin Jammer blue San Diego Chargers jersey? That's awesome. Yeah, an Earl Campbell love you blue jersey, a VY uh, Titans throwback Oilers, uh, uh, Dorset Emmett Zeke blue and gold Astros Jeff Bagwell jersey. See, and again, if it's guys who made the balance of their career at that one place for several years, it makes sense. Uh, somebody wanted, what about Jeff's Tim Duncan jersey, game worn? Right? Again, wish I had two of them. Yeah. Um, somebody said, Craig, prepare yourself for a rough Rams season upcoming. Tell the Rams thanks for giving us back Bobby Wagner and helping us get better. Uh, I, I prepare for a rough Rams season every year, even the years where they're going to be good. I, I prepare for the rough ending. That That's what makes the very odd outlying year of winning the Super Bowl all the more enjoyable because of not expecting that sort of thing. Uh, somebody said, hey, Jeff. Oh, MJ from Hearn. The cards are headed your way. Yeah, he's sending some packs of a 1990 tops. Maybe I find one of those Frank Thomas no name on front cards. Okay, uh, or someone else most likely not. But. W- with a Jason Witten jersey, only wearing on game days. And if I go see the Cowboys and have a signed Arian Foster Texans jersey, it turned out to be a replica. Cool shirt, just hangs in the closet. D- d- did you wear the Jason Witten jersey when he was doing Monday Night Football? That was. Um, Somebody said they can start calling me Uncle Rico since I'm stuck in high school. Can I? Can I uh, not do? Can I not do? I guess nobody. Some that texture doesn't appreciate radio bit. Yeah, maybe. Uh, here's somebody says I only get jerseys from retired players. Can't please everybody. Emmett Smith, Bill Bates of the Cowboys, Jose Cruz of the Astros, and Mark Messier of the Rangers. See, that's good. So, uh, so there you go. All right, uh, we'll we'll get we'll get to some more. Sark 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 audio time. Uh, it is Sark Audio time because it's time for our Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. You know what, Craig? I'm going to yield the floor to Cam. Cam, you cut this audio. We'll go producer's choice for yep. whatever cut. Now, again, this is Sark yesterday. He had a press conference before the Touchdown Club of Houston luncheon. That's a Mattress Mac deal. Every spring, they'll bring in the Texas head coach. He'll speak for, you know, 30 minutes to an hour, just running. You know, he'll run down his post-spring thoughts and then take some questions from the crowd. Uh, but this was the press conference beforehand. So, again, Cam, you cut this audio. Producer's choice. What are we going to hear first? Yeah, so we're, we're in post-spring ball time, which is usually the time where there's nothing to talk about except for storylines, right? You build your narrative, and you start drinking a little bit of Kool-Aid, right? And I think we can all can say as a, as the fan base and as, you know, working in the team and reporting that there's going to be a lot of Kool-Aid, I think, this season after a pretty successful spring, I think, for Texas football, right? Yeah. Didn't lose yeah. a lot of transfers. So Coach Stark was Knock asked. On wood. Yeah. Coach Stark was asked about how will he handle the preseason hype this season heading into his third season at Texas? Well, I think, I think one, I think you're spot on. I think that, you know, managing slash handling expectations um, and then ultimately managing and handling success, right, is a – is kind of the next step in the formula that, that we've been on here and going into year three. Um, it's one thing for people outside the program to think you're going to be pretty good. It's another when you feel it internally. And I, I think coaching staff-wise, player-wise, I think we feel very confident about the team that we have. I think we've, we've put in a lot of work. I think we've built a roster. I think we've got staff continuity. I think we've got a lot of the things in place uh, to go have a good season. Ultimately, now we have to go do it. And the thing about football that's always unique is it's not always who's the best team. It's who's the best team that day. 
And I think that's the goal for us as we go, as we start moving towards the season and we've got 12, 12 regular season games, we're trying to be the best team 12 Saturdays throughout the fall uh, to ultimately see what the season can be. But, um, hey, you know, expectations are what they are. Reality is what it is, too. And, and we've got to make these expectations become a reality. And so we've got to be intentional in our approach uh, as we get prepared for the season. It's interesting mm-hmm. when we talk about expectations with Texas because, you know, Texas is going to be ranked somewhere in the preseason AP top 25, and people are like, oh, everybody's buying into Texas and you're buying into the hype. But if you look at it, Craig, I mean, when you look at, like, preseason AP polls, it's not like Texas has been ranked in the top five in the preseason every year and then just tanks. Uh, you know, they're, I, I would expect them to be ranked – kind of in that 9 to 12 range in the preseason, mm-hmm. somewhere like that. I mean, when you look at what, even though, yeah, they're going to lose Bijan or Roshan and there's pieces to replace, you know, with the growth potential on offense and as much as you bring back on defense, and if you consider Texas the preseason favorite in the Big 12, uh, which I, it, that's interesting to see what, I want to see what my media colleagues are going to think about the Big 12 because TCU, uh, obviously they weren't the league champion, but they went through the regular season in the league undefeated. They're losing a lot. Uh, K-State's got to adjust to life without Deuce Robinson, and they lose Felix Duque ozoma So they've maybe got to reload in some spots. Uh, so I think maybe TCU, I think, definitely takes a step back. Maybe K-State takes a step back. I think everybody's thinking Texas and Oklahoma will take steps forward. So I don't really know what that Big 12 pecking order looks like, but if you, if the the folks who vote in such polls or put such polls together believe Texas is the preseason favorite in the Big 12, then, yeah, they'd be in that 9-12 to 12 range, yeah. I think, in a preseason yeah. poll. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and I know it's a popular theme. Folks will say, there it is, Texas being overrated at the start of the year, and they fall back. But I, I get what you're saying, and I agree about the, the, the fact they're not rated as highly as a lot of people think they are going into I the deal. I think the problem – and I've talked about this a little bit in the past. I think the problem is, and I, I've said maybe sometimes it's with the fan base that doesn't know how to handle it, but I think it's the national media too. Like go back to 2016. I think whenever Texas shows legitimate signs of life, I don't think the national media or people that vote on such polls, I don't think they know how to handle it. Right. So Texas comes out that season opener and beats Notre Dame, a Notre Dame team that at the end of the day we found out wasn't very good and neither was Texas that year, and they go from, I think, maybe receiving votes in the AP poll to they're a top-10 team eight days later. Right. So that's something that I struggle with. It's like, okay, everybody whines and complains that Texas is overrated, yet the people that are in charge of rating or underrating or overrating teams continually, once Texas shows the slightest bit of upward trend, it's like everybody's on the bandwagon. So, I don't know, it's just, to me, the whole deal is just off-kilter. But, but... I think if you're a Texas fan, I think you'd rather have legitimate expectations of, hey, maybe you can go win a conference championship this year rather than, all right, hoping and praying and crossing fingers. that hey, Can we be in that discussion in November? I think you'd much rather have legitimate big-time expectations. That's the way it right. should be around here. Yeah, no, I compete for a championship every year. Uh, Cam, what do we got next? So, of course, tonight is the NFL draft in Sark's expecting, what, five Longhorns to be drafted this week and one in the first round who will be the first offensive player drafted from the University of Texas since 2006. That's B. John Robinson. Sark was asked about how he handles the draft process and what NFL teams are kind of looking for when it comes to B. John, Rojan, uh, Morrow, Demo, and everyone else. Well, I think I think one thing from an NFL perspective, from an NFL perspective they have all of the – 
resources and they can watch all of the tape. They do all of the interviews, right, at the combine or when they come to your school. They, they have all the, the metrics on 40 times and broad jump and all those things that they, they have, they have all of that. I think what they're digging into from us is who is he on a daily basis, right? What, what is he like when adversity strikes? Because those are some of the things that are not as tangible for them in an interview process or a workout process. And I think that's one of the things for me that I light up about because Bijan, in my opinion, has never had a bad day. I mean, that guy shows up every morning um, with with the intent to be the best teammate he can be, um, to to look at everything with the glass half full and, and, and how's he going to get better, uh, even at some of the most adverse times. And whether it's going through injury, whether it's through a tough fumble at the end of the Tech game, you know, things that have come up in his career that haven't always been, but a lot of guys could have viewed that and, and have been down about it. And he's always been positive. And like I tell every organization, he's going to make your locker room better. He's going to make your organization better. He's going to make your community better. Not to mention all the football stuff that goes along with it. So uh, somebody's going to get a special player. Uh, we don't know when. We don't know who. Uh, that's one of the beauties of the draft, and that's why we all tune in to, uh, to watch it. You know, it's not a lot different than what Sark and other college coaches will do in recruiting, right? And you don't see this as much because college coaches are more restricted now. It should be the other way, but they're more restricted now yeah. the time they can spend on the road. But when you get on the road, you know, yeah, the high school coach and maybe the position coach and you know, people in the in the athletic program, they'll talk up a kid if you're recruiting them. But if I'm a coach, I want to go meet with the student trainers and I want to go meet with uh, you know, the janitorial staff that cleans the locker room and the cafeteria workers or the SRO, people that this kid would not have a reason to be nice to. I, I want to find out from them what kind of kid he is. And if they're like, oh, yeah, salt of the earth kid, great kid, you know, never a problem, good dude. Then at that point, that's kind of what Sark's talking about with that background research. And the NFL teams are going to go to them and they want to be, yeah, how is this kid with his tutors? How is he, uh, you know, walking around on campus? Is he a kid that likes to party a lot? Whatever. Those. Those are questions that are going to be asked. I've, I've always, um, you know, I'm always fascinated to ask guys about the combine process and the interview process. Like in the one that I go back to when Jordan Hicks got drafted, right? You go back to his deal when he got sent home from the Alamo Bowl, and I talked to him at his at his combine, his pro day, and he said, "Yeah, he's like, there were a lot of questions teams had for me," and he's like, "Honestly, there were some pretty tough and difficult questions." that I had to answer, but Jordan Hicks still in the league and answered those questions the right way, and I think he's proven himself that he's moved past that one incident. Cam, we got time for maybe one more. Uh, go ahead and pick another. I like giving Cam the, the keys It's here. almost kind of like it, we're spinning the wheel on this deal. It's like... And we're landing on? Well, you want me guys to give you two options, or you want me to just go ahead and pick one? You pick, pick one. one. It's producer's choice. It it's, it's your show, Cam, uh, I'm right so he was asked yesterday about um, where he thought the quarterbacks were after spring ball and what were the summer goals for both Malik Murphy, or actually for Malik Murphy, Quinn Yours, and Arch Manning, all three. Yeah, I think, I think they were all at varying stages, which, we, which you know, a lot of you guys know who are around us that cover us. Uh, they're all in varying stages, and they all had different things that they were focusing on. Obviously, Quinn had a lot of more experience than the other two guys having played. And how far could he take this from a comfort level standpoint? Could he really dig into the nuances of the scheme? Could he really uh, step up and become the leader that we're looking for at that position? And I think Quinn did that. He had a great winter conditioning. I think he, he really kind of 
put himself in position for a good spring. I thought he played really well in the spring. Um, not not 15 perfect days, you know, but I think there was a lot of room for improvement there, and then he did improve in those things, and I thought those things showed up. We got a snapshot of a couple of those things in the spring game. I thought the deep ball between he and Xavier was a great sign for everybody, and so I think that was really good. For Malik, it was just getting him playing. You know, this guy had been fighting injuries throughout his first year here. Um, and so to him to find some consistency, uh, kind of those last three weeks of spring ball and ultimately go out and play, I think was good for him. And then Arch just getting two feet on the ground in Austin, Texas, right? Getting acclimated to being in college. Here's college offense. Here's the speed of the game. How do you get acclimated to it? I thought all the guys did a really good job. Now in summer, now who can now build on the things from what they did in spring ball? Here's a poignant things to, to attack to get better at. But ultimately, summer to me is about building your team and about building your culture. And the quarterbacks play a huge part in that uh, because they're the guys that kind of connect the offense and the defense. They're the guys that go out for the player-led throwing sessions. They're the guys that go do that thing. And so you have to have that sense of, of leadership, but you also have to have a sense of camaraderie in the room. And I think something when you hear Quinn talk or you hear Malik talk, they talk about how strong the quarterback room is I think those guys are all pulling for one another that lends itself to I don't have one throwing session at 2 o'clock another one at 8 a.m. another one on Saturday I think our guys are going to be collectively together that's going to bring our team together and we're going to be a more of a tight-knit football team I, I like the makeup of that room guys I mean you know Malik Murphy now that he's healthy I think people are getting to see the kind of competitor he is. We know the strides Quinn has made, and I think Arch's pedigree and how he's prepared for just the day-to-day work, I think, speaks for itself. And again, in the transfer portal era, this is about as good of a situation in the quarterback room as you can hope to have. You've got a veteran, you've got a young guy who's been in the program for a year that's probably going to be your backup, and then you've got a guy enrolling this spring that, you know, as I say, Lord willing, the creek don't rise. He can just redshirt, kind of hang back and, and get a view of it. And then maybe next spring he's he's ready to go compete for something. Okay. So when you say you like the makeup of that room, you're talking about the room at the press conference where somebody's phone was going off? Yeah. Cam was we asking if that was your phone. You weren't in I Houston, wasn't even there, yeah. And so can't, can't, can't be having that happen. Could it have been your colleague Chip Brown? Would it have been no, his Chip phone knows going? better. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I showed Chip his phone. When we first started working together, his phone went off. I'm like, dude, you know you just put your air, phone in airplane mode and it'll – It'll record. You're like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah. Well, why haven't y'all figured that out yet? <laughs> I think someone. I think someone. I think it was Sark actually knocked someone's phone or or tape recorder off the off the deal. Yeah, and it went off there. You know who told who, who told me about airplane mode? Shaka. Did he really? We're in Stillwater, and I'm getting ready to record. It wasn't a pregame interview. It was just an interview night before a game. We were doing practice, mm-hmm. and thing was going off. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. And he goes. You know, you can put that thing in airplane mode. It won't happen. I was like, what? Yeah, just put it in there. And didn't. Boom. Yeah. You know, I learned you needed to do something because, uh, again, he's probably not listening right now. We don't know that he's not. Mac Brown, if your phone went off during a press conference, Mac had a habit of every now and then answering your phone. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely, sure did. So uh, yeah, don't want don't need to get embarrassed on T, especially with LHN. The stuff is broadcast now. I don't, right. know, I don't need to be getting embarrassed. Yeah, but uh, we'll Cam. That was a great job cutting that yeah. audio. Uh, sounded good, and we'll hear more from Sart we throughout the show today. Uh, we continue uh, to ask you, you know, what jerseys do you have? They're kind of obsolete. Daryl says, do T-shirts count? No, Daryl, they don't count. We all have tons of T-shirts. Have several Terry Labonte shirts, including his. 
1996 Winston Cup Championship. Nice. He won the driving championship. And Indy 500 event shirt every year since 1989. T-shirts Cam, do not count. Cam, do you ever own a NASCAR, like a racing jacket? Like the See, now that jacket? would count, Daryl. You got a racing jacket from Labonte? Do you have one of those? One of the, the, the whole driver's suit? Because I know you know, Daryl, I know this, because I was a season ticket holder at Texas Motor Speedway for four years, and all the, the merchandise trailers are down there. Yeah. So you can buy the jacket. You those, can buy the full warm-up. Those look like they'd be comfortable the dr- in the winter. The driver's time. suit. Yeah, you can pull Insulate to keep you warm. Two notes on Terry Labonte. I believe he's the only NASCAR driver that won a championship without winning a race in the season. Yeah. Texan and I do Terry. have a, a Jeff Gordon a DuPont. Uh, DuPont racing jacket. There you was, go. It wasn't the Rainbow Warrior. It was when he went to the new look, which I like a lot better. That's what I'm there, talking there, about. There you go. Okay. So there's there's your avenue there, Daryl. Do you have a racing jacket or a, or a driver suit type thing? We need a Hooters one for Jeff. The Chase the Al, the Al, Oh, I was going to say the Alan Kluwicki jacket. Because Alan Kluwicki used to drive the Hooters car. Yeah, the late Alan Kluwicki. Michael uh, Waltrip, he drove. Michael Waltrip. He had the uh, Texas Longhorns 2005 yeah. National Championship paint scheme. He did. At one point. He did. What about Harry Gant, the Skull Bandit? Can I get one Look of those at jackets? you. You're impressing me there right, with, your, with your deal. You know, the, the Next thing you'll know, you'll say a, a Dale Earnhardt Wrangler jeans. You know what would be nice? If you got if you got the, uh, the, skull, the, the Skull Bandit jacket, you got Earl Campbell to sign it. Um, skull, brother. That would be cool. That, uh, you can go YouTube that, the Earl Campbell Skull ad. I went to the Talladega 500 in 1984, won by Dale Earnhardt in the Wrangler car, and uh, but Harry Gant was in the race, man. He was, mm-hmm. he was, he was in it, and everybody was getting all excited about him. Man, like Mark Martin driving the Folgers car. Yeah, there you go. And of course, me, you know, I was a long-suffering uh, Richard Petty fan, even though oh, he's yeah, the long-suffering, king. yeah. Well, he won 200 races and all that, but I'm talking about down the stretch of his career where we were all hoping that his engine wouldn't blow. <laughs> that would six be like Cam saying, Yeah, I'm, I'm a long suffering Jeff Gordon fan. He just, he was, he no, was the drizzling you well, know towards it was rough. the very end. Like Richard Petty just couldn't get, couldn't win as much as he used to in the beginning. No, no. The last, the, the last race was the uh, Daytona 500. Uh, I think uh, what, when uh, President Reagan was there to start the race and, and Petty won that one, I believe. I think it's the last time. Yeah, remember anyway. the uh, the episode of King of the Hill where uh, NASCAR came to Arlen? <laughs> Jeff Gordon had a wreck. Yes. I do remember and Hank that. was trying to get Bobby interested, and he's like, man, this rope sure is shiny and smooth. <laughs> and then Dale, they're like, oh, my gosh, it's the Intimidator. It's Dale Earnhardt. It's Dale and they're trying Earnhardt. to ask him about cars. He goes, wow, this rope sure is shiny and smooth. <laughs> uh, coming up is inconceivable when we continue to light the tower on the horn. 1049, 1019, AM 1260, live local and digital on the horn app at hornfm.com. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. Okay, uh, we've got a couple items. going to get to that, but I, I, I'd like Jeff to tell that uh, Mike Moustakis story as part of Inconceivable. Yeah, and, and uh, I don't mean to offend anybody with this, but this is, a, this is a, so this is, to me, fourth hand now. Mike Moustakis grew up in Southern California. Yeah. His his uh, his uncle was uh, Tom Robson, who's a longtime hitting coach in Major League Baseball. I knew him when he was with the Rangers. So he was with the, when he was with the Mets, uh-huh. they were in L.A. to play the Dodgers. So Mike Moustakis is going to be the bat boy for the Mets that day. Well, long story short, the Dodgers are kind of, I think it's like a make-a-wish deal they're doing. Their bat boy for the day is a young man with Down syndrome who's supposed to meet with Tommy Lasorda before the game. Well, Mike Wustakas somehow ends up in that meeting with Tommy Lasorda. Oh, no. And Lasorda's like, I'm proud of you, kid. You've overcome so much in your life. And Wustakas is like, 
Well, I mean, yeah, I got grounded last week for not cleaning my room. I mean, it's been a little rough lately, and they're talking and talking, and Mustakas' dad finally finds him, and he's like, what are you doing? And uh, is like, he's our bat boy, right? And Mustakas' dad's like, no, he said it would be the bat boy for the Mets. And Lasorda just, like, turns red in the face. He's like, I thought he was the kid with Down syndrome. Oh. I'm so sorry. Like, my, here's, here's young Mike Moustakis just completely clueless about why Tommy Lasorda is, like, just giving him this real oh. life talk. Maybe it, maybe it inspired him to go on and become a major leaguer. I don't know. Three-time All-Star and a world champion. We'll see. Now, that would explain how those two could have crossed paths yeah. with him as a kid. It would have had to have been that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Here's here's a couple of other things. Uh, keep it kind of tethered to sports, at least momentarily. You know, Jim Beheim. Oh, hey, Craig. Uh, actually, Cam, can we get a breaking news sounder? Because this just came down. Yeah. Craig, you and I were talking about this earlier. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Speaking of inconceivable. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's do that. Uh, actually, Craig, I'll let you take it. Well, uh, we heard that uh, this uh, might come down uh, here, and uh, sure enough, it has come down. The uh, baseball series with the uh, T.C. Horn Frogs—that is the one we're talking about, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. The baseball series with the Horn Frogs is not going to begin tomorrow night. It's going to begin on Saturday. They're going to play Saturday, Sunday. Monday. That is because they're expecting heavy, heavy rain uh, in Fort Worth tomorrow. So they're going to push it back to Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Have they announced the start yes. time? It's going to be Saturday, Saturday, six o'clock. Yeah, because that's ESPNU. And yep. then Sunday and Monday will both be one o'clock with yep. TV Monday to be determined. Yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing that would probably be an ESPN Plus. Yeah, like like likely. like that was going to be the case with the Sunday game anyway. Yeah, because the Friday and Saturday games were going to be ESPN. Yeah, because Sunday Saturday will still be ESPN. Sunday will be Plus, and yep. then TV to be determined on Monday. Okay, but so. you can hear it all on the horn anyway. Yep, so. yep, we'll have it. We'll have it Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So again, uh, the uh, Texas TCU series does not begin tomorrow. It will begin on Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So there you go. Uh, with that, see, I was, I was eyeing that. I was checking out the Twitter machine, and the minute it dropped, I could break in and let you take it. Well, look I, at me being I, on top of things. I for knew once. there was a chance of it happening, and that there had been conversations. But that's all I knew that that there was a. I was told keep your keep your eyes and ears open. And I was this could happen. Got, got sure everything. Enough, got everything. There going was right. so yeah. Uh, yeah. So now it's it's official. The uh, Texas TCU series. Will so if you're planning on going to Fort Worth Friday, don't. Uh, I mean, you can go to Fort Worth Friday if yeah, you want. Yeah, yeah, you can. But yeah, don't plan on going over the, to. Don't go to Bluffton Stadium. No baseball going on. No, you can go to get you some good barbecue or Joe T. Garcia. Whatever, or, many fine eating yeah, establishments. Yeah, you can do that. Go to Sundance Square, hang out there, whatever. But uh, yeah, won't be. Uh, you get to no, call no some, baseball. You get to call some matinee baseball during the week, Craig. How about that? Yeah, it, it kind of almost give you that postseason feel. Yeah, when you have have one of those deals. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, that's that's official now. Uh, kind of keeping it uh, tethered to sports. Remember, well, Jim Beheim, of course, is retired now. Uh, Syracuse basketball coach. Remember when he had the deal with the car wreck, uh, Beheim, uh, and. Uh, it cost. Was that the, the the pedestrian fatality? Yeah, yeah. That was a few years ago, right? Happened in 2019. Oh, I did. I thought it was longer ago than that, but yes, I remember. Uh, yeah. Uh, with uh, the family of Jorge Jimenez, who died 
following a car crash involving Bayheim. He was the passenger in a vehicle, skidded on an icy highway, hit a guardrail. Bayheim attempted to avoid hitting the vehicle, but he struck him. He later died at the hospital. Bayheim was not charged with any crimes or found to be driving recklessly. However, Jimenez's family accused him of being negligent, reckless, and wanton in a lawsuit filed in 2020. Uh, they've, they've reached the settlement. So terms of the settlement remain undisclosed. Uh, with the sides, quote, recognizing their mutual privacy interest and the desirability of avoiding publicity about their personal lives. Bayheim's attorney, John Pfeiffer, added, quote, the, the specific private resolution of the matter is of no public import. So uh, anyway, it has, it has now been settled, uh, that, that law, lawsuit. And, of course, Jim Bayheim is now retired as a former... Um, here's something that, that, uh, I heard Aaron Hogan talk about this morning. I had it on my list as well. Um, we've talked about cereal on this show and you're not a big cereal guy as it goes. As I get older, I try to avoid cereal whenever possible. Okay. What's the connection there? Trying to avoid Just trying to be a little healthier. I mean, you never heard of like. Granola and and yeah, usually you, you and still got milk. And it, yeah, yeah I hadn't heard of fat-free milk or low-fat milk. A protein bar and a piece of fruit does just fine for my breakfast. Okay, all right. You do realize that some of those protein bars are higher in caloric value and correct and yeah. sugars than some of the other yeah. ones. Okay, just want to make sure of that. That Cam is a big cereal guy, right? Honey, bunches of oaks, baby. How would you feel about Kit Kat cereal? No. Where you can diabetes cereal? Yeah. You're, you're basically eating the Kit Kat bar for breakfast, you know? Uh, they're in, in your cereal bowl. Kind of like Reese's Puffs. Now, I did yeah. love Reese's Puffs as a kid. Yeah, they still have the Reese's Puffs. That's a, uh, It's a, funny. The story said when Reese's Puffs first came on the scene in 1994, the brand's commercials had fun with the parental non-starter of eating candy for breakfast as a way to play up the novelty of putting Reese's in your cereal bowl. But nowadays, there's cereal in just about every food flavor. Dunkin' Coffee, IHOP pancakes, drumstick ice cream cones. And of this month, that long list finally includes the classic candy bar, Kit Kat. General Mills uh, has announced there will be, they say they will capture the taste and the texture of the candy bar's signature crispy wafers covered in milk chocolate in a spoonable format the squares even resemble miniature Kit Kat bars, a little chocolatey coating and a crunchy line as well. So Kit Kat cereal coming to your grocer's shelves in the near future. There. Craig, we got another another bit of breaking news on the Texas TC baseball series. All right. Uh, we're now being told to hang tight because the information on the series may change. <laughs> <laughs> so... Okay, let me say this. First of all, you have me at a disadvantage because of my issue with Twitter these days. Yeah. Although, by the way, I just got an email from him saying, you may be good to go again. I've got to do a couple of procedural things. Maybe okay. I can get back on. However, my point is, what you were originally reading was from the Texas Baseball Twitter account, right? Not just the Baseball Twitter account. we got a press release. There's a press release. In my email. That says, here's the deal. It's Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And now everybody's being told, hang tight. Maybe that may be official. It may not. So okay, just All right. inconceivable. Yeah, that's why it belongs it's where it is. Very fit for this segment. So there it is. You know what? I'm going to save these other ones for tomorrow because we think we think 
there will not be baseball tomorrow, which would mean I'd be here in studio to do the program tomorrow with Jeff. And, uh, and then heading up to Fort Worth after that. So we think that'll be the case, but uh, we'll see. And uh, assuming that's the case, of course, tomorrow, Jeff, being Friday. Uh, actually, Cameron, what does Friday mean? Got to go ahead and reach for that low-hanging fruit, boys. Flacidity. We go to the most flaccid state in the lower 48. Grab and, that low-hanging fruit. And that appears that the three of us will be sitting here flaccidly giving you the uh, Florida Man <laughs> stories tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. All right. Uh, uh, we have a second hour of the program coming up here. So <laughs> you can stay with us. Also, again, taking your submissions on the Specs text line, 337-3776. This being NFL Draft Day, what NFL – it doesn't have to be NFL. What, what jersey do you own that no longer really, you know, is, is current or fits with that? Uh like here's somebody has a Brett Favre jersey, jersey. Uh, but David Robinson, Mike Madonna, although Madonna finished his career with the Red Wings, I believe. But you know, there's I'm still doing that. Karen told us that she has a Colt jersey from Texas. That's always in vogue. Second hour coming up on Light the Tower on the Horn.